Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 34. It's older than me. There you go, 34 and wanting more, and I guess I'm just trying to find lame rhymes now because I can't think of anything clever to say. (laughs) So your lame rhyming hosts of the day are Chris and... Savannah. Uh, I'm not even going to try with that. I was going to try to rhyme that, but I can't. But that's all part of being a lame rhyming host. (laughs) But yes, that is is us. We are here. So thank you very much for hanging out with us and checking out this episode. If you like what you see today, make sure you hit like, subscribe, comment, share, rate, follow. All of those things are fantastic. You know, we're trying to build that musical community. We want you to be a part of it. And that's probably the best way to do it. And speaking of subscribing, though, uh, real quick, here on YouTube at the very least, could you go ahead and maybe hit that subscribe button? Because we are planning something very special, but we need to hit 100 subscribers before we do it at the point of recording this at the very least. <laughs> We're going to start doing record giveaways for the records that we review here on the show, but we need to make sure there's enough people to actually, like, you know, go in on it. So uh-huh. go ahead, subscribe. And once we hit 100, that's when we're going to start giving away some records. Hell yeah. You know, ones that you hear on the show that you like very much, maybe you don't have a copy yet, you might very well win one. Mm-hmm. But you can't enter if you don't subscribe. No purchase necessary. Subscription only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. But there's other ways to uh, support, too, although you should be going ahead and hitting that sub button. I expect to see the numbers fly in this episode. Yes, please and thank you. Well, speaking of numbers flying, there is another way you can support us, too. Although it's completely optional, we're not doing necessarily doing record giveaways over there. Maybe one day, who knows? But ko-fi.com slash rate the record, the financial way to support the show, if you so wish. Again, completely optional. It's there. If you really want to take it to the next level, you can do that. We are planning some bonus content specifically for Kofi, so you definitely want to be a part of that but don't worry again the podcast the bonus show uh the new music reviews in that new series that aired last week that we're kind of test piloting the i love that song show uh that's going to be free too so those are all just youtube things so imagine what we could do with kofi when we say we're planning bonus content mm-hmm. you'll have to find out so go ahead kofi.com slash rate the record and check it out hell yeah so, yeah, if you don't know, well, well, first off, if you've been here before, if you've been back, well, first off, welcome back. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. You know, we love having you here talking about the albums and everything like that. We're always having a great time. But if you don't know what we do here on the show, that's fine, too. Welcome. We hope you enjoy your stay being part of this musical community that we're trying to build, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've already said that before. But that also means that you don't know what we do here on the show or likely probably don't have a great idea for it no worries i got you so each week savannah and i will discuss a record beat completely random maybe it's celebrating a birthday or anniversary type thing or maybe it's a listener's request which we've done quite a good handful of those by now so regardless we will take an album we discuss it at length we rank the songs and then we rate the record Ooh, I think next time you should be, you should be like, and we, and then we both rate the rocker. Like there's a full audience. Yeah. I say this every week, but like, how has the editor not gotten on this yet? What an asshole that guy is. <laughs> He's no. not even that busy, is he? <laughs> runs, runs a tight ship for a heavy schedule. His name is Cirque. <laughs> go. go ahead and put that on screen for everyone to catch on real quick. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into today's episode, we, there is a disclaimer that we like to pretty much read off real quick just to make sure that we're all on the same page with everything. We're not being dicks about things. Even if you agree or disagree with things, we can just, you know, be cool about it and just have civil discussions about music because it's awesome. What is that disclaimer, by the way? 
The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on Rate the Record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode. We do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. That freaked me out. I looked up and like, where the hell did he go? <laughs> uh, and I was muted. There we go. <laughs> audio listeners, uh, Chris disappeared for a second. He vaporized into the nether. I kept peeking my head up every once in a while, but yeah, I figured I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out new things to do every week while you read the uh, disclaimer. And this week was all about disappearing. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of disappearing, let's talk about a band who reappeared in the last couple of years and a band who reappears on our show for the first time since episode seven. Today, we're talking about Mr. Bungle again, Again. but this time we're talking about their 1991 self-titled debut album. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever talk about Disco Volante because that's just going to be difficult, but this album is sure a hell of a lot of fun, and we're talking about it today right here on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as we said, uh, the first time a band has made a comeback on the show, uh, this will happen more moving forward. Obviously, the more bands we review, we'll, we can look at other albums by them. We can do that. I mean, there's no rules against that, I wouldn't think. Are we well, we write, our, we write our own rules. So Exactly. We're not committing any faux pas. Hell no. So there's not a whole lot I can say about Mr. Bungle that I did last time, but just in case, I'll give you kind of a quick rundown. Mr. Bungle is an alternative metal avant-garde experimental band from Eureka, California. They formed in 1985 to eventually sign to Warner Brothers Records thanks to the success of lead singer Mike Patton, uh, the the success he found with alt-rock slash metal band Faith No More. Their debut subtitled album was released in August 1991. It was recorded at 1991 at Different Fur. It literally says 1991 at Different Fur, so I don't know what that means. In San Francisco, California, and was released through Warner Brothers Records. The album was produced by composer and conductor and musician John Zorn, who is also known for his avant-garde and experimental compositions. The album received mixed reviews from critics, with reviews ranging from unlistenable to ambitious and groundbreaking. (laughs) Wow, that that's opposite sides of the pendulum there. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's plenty of that. But it's musicians who have given it the most positive reviews, such as James Schaefer, a.k.a. or Schaffer, I guess, a.k.a. Monkey from Corn, saying that the uh, this uh, this is the album that had the biggest impact on him prior to Corn's debut. Mike Portnoy, obviously you would know who that is, Savannah from Dream Theater, stated that this album is one of his favorite prog rock albums of all time, although I don't know if this album really technically prog rock, but whatever, we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) The album spawned one known single, that being quote-unquote formerly known as Travolta, but the song was officially changed to quote-unquote to avoid legal issues. Ah... Yes, Warner Brothers actually said, hey, how about you don't do that? And they're like, yeah. okay. It says quote-unquote Travolta. They just took out the entire total or to- the entire title. There you go. Ah, I yeah, I mean, I, th- I think some fans still call it Travolta, but for legal yeah. reasons, they issued it even on like the CDs and records as quote-unquote. So Interesting. whatever, Travolta is now the secret name of the song. <laughs> But with all that said, we could probably dig into the album now. So, I mean, while we're right on the top of, of it, let's dive into the first song, quote, unquote. Okay, so now 
I, I believe I've talked about them before, but this band Psychotic Symphony that I found a couple years ago, uh, this song definitely reminds me of one of their songs called Manic Depresso. I know that I've seen them kind of compared in some, you know, like YouTube comments or whatever. I definitely see the parallels. So that really sets it up for success in my ears, because if I like one, it's pretty, pretty sure that I'm going to like the other in some capacity. Um, (laughs) With the glass breaking at the beginning, I like to imagine them playing the song behind Chicken Wire at a hostile bar. (laughs) One of those roadside country bars. Yeah, Yeah, where it has the cage and everything in front of it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Like, what kind of bullshit establishment are you running that, like, that's that's a needed thing for the safety of the performers. <laughs> like, and the thing is people throw bottles, not even because they hate the band, it's just because they can. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing's going to stop me. It's just yeah. a hoedown. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Hoedown. Whatever. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> um, quick question. Uh, Psychotic Symphony. Did they come out before or after Bungle? Ooh. Uh, I would say pretty much around the same time. Okay. Sure. Fair enough. Because I just want to know if this is one of those cases like, oh, they ripped them off, blah, 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 or, you know, what some people are going to say about oh, yeah. it. Um, I It's really hard to say because they're, like, almost, well, very, very little is known about them. Their album on Spotify says 2008, but 100% it was released in the early 90s. Like, <laughs> like maybe it's a re-release no or way. something? Yeah, or that's just when they put it on i have no idea but yes. definitely released in the early 90s has the same kind of vibe but uh yeah it's i like it so definitely listening to this first track i was like i am very hopeful yeah this this track was actually really good at introducing you to what you can expect yeah. for the rest of this album for for the most part i would say yeah because i mean like it, it's heavy it has its elements of avant-garde experimental you either you either get on here or you get the hell off the ride. Like this, this is your only warning before progressing any further. But because yeah. we do a review show, you have no choice. You have to stay on. Uh, well, speaking of staying on the ride, it's just it's got a very like a carnival feel altogether. So oh, yeah. literally, stay on or get off. <laughs> I was just seeing if I said anything about a carnival type sound in this track. I don't think I did, but I definitely did coming up and because there's a song called Carousel as well. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that'll come when it comes. Um, there is a lot going on in this song when you're really trying to take it in, especially in headphones. It like it really does well with the sound placement and everything like that. And it kind of puts you in the middle of the madness happening. So, again, just kind of a lot yeah. to take in all at once. Uh, great mixing though. Like everything stands out appropriately and you get like a really good feel for like the sound and the layering of everything like that. So I really like kind of the work they were doing with this here. Um, I love the quieter jazzy portions of the song too. I thought that, that was really, really cool. It's like suddenly interrupted by these really aggressive fills and everything like that. It, uh, it's always keeping you on your toes. So even when it gets really quiet, just suddenly out of nowhere, boom, like it just explodes back in even for a brief second. Yeah. Um, I do like the airy and atmospheric ending as well as it works to like slightly alleviate some of the demented like composition of the rest of the track. So it's nice that some songs do that on this album. So again, it gives you a good idea what, what to expect coming down the road. Um, just speaking of the end, um, it just might be the, the crazy horns at the end, but it definitely sounds like someone is strangling a duck. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, I heard it the first time, wrote it down, and every time after that, definitely stand by it. Um, but yeah, because the song sort of changes so much, it really sort of paints this musical landscape where it's like got that jazzy part. Then it kind of has like a, I don't know, it, it definitely gave me sort of carnival vibes from the very beginning. I like if you've listened to, to me go on and on before, I definitely have these visions when I listen to stuff. And uh, I'm just imagining just three, three of them on the stage two on the side, Mike Patton in the middle, and then one's on the side. I don't, without standing up and dancing, it's just sort of like going up and down and up and down and up and down. And Mike Patton's head is on a uh, jack-in-the-box while he's singing. What about the other three or four members? They just get to watch on the side. Well, I couldn't assign any sort of dance moves to them, so no. Well, maybe they can ride unicycles across like like fire wires or something like that, or... You know, something like that, jumping tigers through yeah. hoops and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and one of them's a fire eater. Yeah, one of them's like just, l- they can eat the fiery hoop while the tiger's jumping through it. Let's get crazy with it. Let's get nuts. Yes, yes, <laughs> I am definitely on board with that. Uh, don't, yeah. try th- don't try this at home, kids. Or maybe, yeah. I-, I don't know, I'm not your dad. <laughs> in my uh, in in my review, I just put asterisk, described fever dream circus. So that's what that was. <laughs> oh, that happens a lot in this album. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. With that said, we'll, we can actually just move on to the next song then, because, I mean, this fever dream doesn't stop for another nine songs. So song number two, Slowly Growing Deaf. I do love the start to this track. It's nice to hear Patton's, like, cleaner singing on some very atmospheric, like, synths and sounds and everything like that. Granted, I mean, his singing on this album isn't quite like it was on California, because obviously California came, like, eight years later, and... He was definitely like on a cleaner streak at that point. This is definitely like a more like young wild child kind of sound coming out of them, like very and, wild. And you can definitely tell like the difference is, yeah, it's palpable. And you can also hear like where some of his Faith No More style of vocals were in there, but then he just made them even more cartoony at some points. <laughs> so that's, I thought that was great. Uh, this song for the most part has a pretty straightforward like rock and metal feeling. Um that is until like these funkier passages kind of break on through and interject. It makes it all like really pretty catchy though. So that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the video game sounding portion that happens. I believe yeah. in the middle or something. I thought that was really neat. I was trying to place what that's from because it's one of those things that you hear, you recognize, but you're just like, I don't know where that originated, but I like it. And the best part is if it was indeed a real video game sound, that was probably before like copyright was deepened with video games because video <laughs> games weren't huge at that point. Yeah. So maybe they got away with using something. I don't know. It's very possible. Yeah. But like it's kind of like a calm little before calm before the storm kind of moment. I do appreciate like, you know, the sound design of that entire part. I thought that was really cool. Um, the last leg of the track is really jarring though. Uh, the, the middle passage is met with like the choir to point feel like a blue balling kind of moment. <laughs> For lack of better term, and that because I'm I'm perpetually ten years old in my head, <laughs> but but the uh, but the quiet has like these noisy inserts that make sh- sure that you aren't taking it too easy while listening to this song. Mm-hmm. But it's something that you kind of come used to as this album progresses, because again, there, I don't think there's any point in this album where you can just relax. Yeah, I was I was just going to say there's no relaxing part in this, and there are multiple times that I will point out that. Just the words eerie, unsettling, just off-putting, I guess. Um, But uh, yeah, just speaking of Mike Patton's voice, like when he sings deeply, like 
like at 21 years old, whatever, during California, whatever, just it rattles my soul and I like it. Like the high notes, I'm in awe. I'm like, wow, that comes out of that human being? Crazy. The deep ones, I'm just like, oh, please wrap me in your blanket of a voice. I love it. So I love how we've pretty much already been at that point before with the California oh, yeah. album. And the thing is, by the it. time California came out, like his vocals got better, arguably, mm-hmm. because I mean, like he had so many years to kind of clean up his craft. And not only that, but then he'd go on to do things like Mondo Kane and like, other things that are seem outside of what he would usually do. So it wasn't like crazy. And it was very like calming music with really pretty vocals. And so like, again, he had spent a long time working on them by the yeah. time California rolled around, they were built up. But yeah, the, now around this time he still had them. It was just, wasn't like as refined as it became later. Yeah. Well, that I really liked. And uh, truth be told, um, now, I can't really pick out what riff it is. Maybe it's the, I guess, most main riff, guitar riff, uh, if you had to pick one. That, I swear to God, has been running in my head for the last two and a half hours. And it's just, it's in there. And I didn't know what song it belonged to. And then I had to go back to it going, oh my God, this, I like this. So the more that I play this song, the more that I like it. So, which I definitely reflected in in the uh, the score for once, but uh, I really like this one. And I know I've said this before, but I always wonder how songs like this are crafted. Like, did they have the little pieces and they crammed together and they're like, yeah, this makes a great song. Or did they set out to write them in these little sort of disjointed yet cohesive pieces? Yeah, like, I don't know how a song like this honestly comes together. Like, part of me feels like a lot of it's improvised, and then they just kind of layer it from there. But I don't know. It They're all very incredibly talented musicians. Mm -hmm. uh, And that is seen throughout the writing of, like, three albums that they release as a group, or, like, at least mainstream albums. Um, So, yeah, it's hard to say, like, what comes up and how things are progressed through each album. But, yeah, it would be great to know, but... Unfortunately, I don't think we can. Like, I, I have um, later in the album, I have a, a note on how the song Dead Goon came about and, like, the bass line for that and how cra- fucking crazy that is. Oh, yeah. A, a bit of a funny story, but we'll get there when we get there. Excellent. Uh, for now, I think we can move on to song number uh, three, Squeeze Me Macaroni. Yep. Um, I, I just wanted to to throw in, um, I guess it kind of blends into this song. Uh, personally could have done without the shitting sound effects, but I mean, I guess to their own artistic vision, I was very, very happy when uh, this song started because then it meant that that part ended. So <laughs> yay, yeah, thumbs up. A, a lot of those outros had like just weird vocal samples and everything, but yeah, that one was just completely just like taking a shit yeah oh actually right. that that is a, a note i had about that too that i completely skipped by yeah the ending sounding samples nearly every song has them this one though pooping and speech therapy yeah <laughs> if it great. was if it was only all being done by one person i'd praise their multitasking abilities <laughs> but yep yeah that uh i'm definitely ready to uh to, to move on to this with yeah, song after sp- that. Speaking of squeezing one out, squeeze me macaroni <laughs> is the Gross. next one. <laughs> Gross. Hell yeah. Ugh. I'm undecided on the horns on this one. Uh, I don't That know. sounds unlike you. I know. Oh my God. Just wait till the album go, Keith. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I like them, but I feel like, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm just going to leave a question mark on that one here. Didn't really ruin the score of the song, but I think maybe I'm just all horned out. I'm well aware. I'm well aware of what I said, but I think I'm just, I think I just need to listen to songs that no longer have a brass section. That's even stranger. Are you okay? We take no. one week off and suddenly this happens. I I, it's, I told you fever dream. I'm still in it. It's right Apparently here. Apparently so. And in this fever dream, it's where you don't like the horn section, yeah. which is mainly your main note for like every song that has like, oh my God, horns, love it. A plus number one. Well, maybe it's from a band that I'm just like, oh, I, I'm a, well aware of them and they don't normally do this. So I'm like, oh, cool. They did something different. Well, I had absolutely no idea what to expect. So I don't know. Well, there's plenty more horns coming up too. So you better get ready. (laughs) I know. And I definitely make note of it, but this song, despite the horns makes me want to move my body in frantic and confusing ways. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's instant speed. Let's party. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That was great. Yeah, th- yeah. This song is all over the place, but it's so fun how it just keeps such like a great pace and like a hyper energy to it. So yeah. I always really appreciate that. It's such a catchy hook too. I don't even know if it's particularly the hook, but the whole knickknack paddywhack part. Yeah. I always enjoy that. Tell me that won't get stuck in your head the way like it got stuck in mine. Oh yeah, that whack. That's the moving my body to the to the vocals. Hell yeah. Uh this the slower breakdown part that pops up around the minute 56 portion is a kind of a great moment to settle the energy, but as we mentioned before, there's no real relaxed point in this album. Uh th- maybe it's the second course because they actually do say squeeze me macaroni at this point. I don't yeah. know. I heard the song name, so I don't know. It's good though. I do like it. <laughs> uh I- sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Continue, continue. My next point was just going to come up. It comes after that. The the vocal record scratching from Michael Pike. Like that whole thing. I love that. Yeah, uh, it. And it has a super awesome pop slap bass that kind of goes along with it in the background. I thought that was really awesome. This album can sound crazy and unapproachable, but really the musicianship all around and abundance of skill and talent is probably the craziest part about this entire experience. They're damn good at what they do, and they'll just go nuts to show you all together. So I really like that. And then just going into the end of the song, they came to party. Do you let them in? Um, I'm really glad that we don't do lyrical analyses lidsis, on this show. For this, listening- for this particular track, I guess, or even other ones coming up, some graphic ones. <laughs> Um, well, cause I'm listening to it and I'm like, okay, it's macaroni, whatever. Then I keep listening to it and it's like, slap your face with my baloney. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it now. And I'm just really glad that uh, we don't have to pick apart ridiculous lyrics. So thank you. Yeah. Let's not forget that the girls of porn is coming up soon on yes. this album. Yes. Uh, and that is just a straightforward song about jerking off to pornography. And all the pornography yep. they have, too, because he does list a lot of it. <laughs> so so what were they, in their early 20s with this album? Uh, early to mid, because if they started in 85, you figure they're going to be around mid-20s by the time this album dropped. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, though. I don't... I think Patton's got to be in his early 50s by now. I could be wrong, yeah. though. I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I see it. I definitely see it. Um, well, didn't they say that Epic by Faith and War might be about masturbation? 
I never knew that. I, I, I've heard that rumor before. I'm not entirely certain, but it, like apparently if you just kind of line it up and think about it, it's like, yeah, that kind of is, isn't it? But I, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. I've never heard that. And I probably will look too heavily into it. <laughs> yeah. And he was even younger for that one. So it makes even oh, more God. sense. I would like to see a black tie jazz concert singing the title line. Like what just sort happen? of like, well, like just a smoky room and just finger snaps and yeah. And then it it's just like a four part right. vocal harmony. Yeah. And then it just like hits right back into the rock again. Yeah. The, Cause then all that. the black ties leave the stage and the band comes out and goes nuts. Exactly. Or they just rip off their ties and, or their shirts. I don't know. Psych. You thought we were sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're not. And then they start to, to raise the chicken wire. And everything. At this point, like if people are whipping bottles, like you're going to need more than chicken wire. You're going to need yeah. like steel cage. Ugh. You're going to need like yeah. WWF steel cage style. Yeah, I knew that's or, where that was going. Or you need like the, the the cheap blue bars that they used to have in WWF back in like the early 90s. I can't see anything through them. Oh, God. Please see the canal from Hell match where no one could see anything <laughs> unless you were actually watching the Titan Tron. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Uh, how, how, so often WWF comes up when we're doing these album reviews. I don't know how, but they just do. Yep. I, I absolutely love it because all I think is I get that reference. I'm smart. I know this. And then I think it's wrestling. I shouldn't know this. <laughs> it's wrestling. I'm not smart. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I know this? Oh, no, that, that's oh. not my opinion, but I've heard people say that opinion before. Oh yeah. Okay. I've, I've heard my fair share, but my last couple notes on this song is you mentioned the uh, vocal record scratches vocal or sampled or you know, real life doesn't matter. Oh, it was I definitely real. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love it. Like just doing a record scratch, vocal, sample, don't care. I love it. And I can definitely see why Anthony Kiedis has a problem with the whole copying funk rap thing. Uh, I like this better. Most people do, yes. Yeah. yeah, I like it better. It's not like, I don't know. It's not obnoxious. It's digestible. Even yeah. in this like crazy wacky way, it's still digestible. Yeah. And uh fun fact, okay, I don't know if this was photoshopped or not, but it looked pretty real. Just recently, as of the recording of this podcast, I saw a picture, uh, a very recent picture of Anthony Kiedis walking down the street, and he was wearing a Mr. Bungle t-shirt. So I'm I'm maybe I'm thinking wander under the bridge at this olive, point. Yeah, olive branch. I, I if I could tell I would like sorry. Sorry, I was just gonna say I just want to see one picture of him and Mike Patton shaking hands and just feel like, you know. Sorry that we fucked your career over, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> or just or, just Anthony, because Flea didn't. He, he actually liked Bungle. Or it's like a, you fans are blowing this out of proportion, I really don't care kind of thing, because people tend to do that. But oh, but there was like things that prove that Kate oh, yeah. has kind of fucked them over a little bit. Politically oh. backstage type thing. Like, no, if, if they play this festival, we're not playing this festival. And because Californication just came out, I mean, yeah. well, you're going to pick the bigger of the two, obviously. Oh, I did not read that deep into it. And now I definitely stand by all the things I've said. Although apparently, again, like Flea's never really had an issue with Bungle. He kind of liked yeah. their music, but just Anthony Kiedis being the lead singer obviously has full say of the band apparently. And, oh, we're not playing this festival yeah. if they do. It's like, don't be. Anyways, yeah. let's let's move on because that's just, yeah. we, I we've already done this tangent <laughs> in the last Bungle episode. Yeah. So yeah. song number four, that's Carousel. Yep. Yeah. Um, the intro guitar is so Southern California. It just gives me that like skateboardy summertime feel. I like it. It kind of gave me like a very ska feeling 
at the beginning of the oh, song. Sh- like probably the, mo- the most on the album so far. There are some ska moments f- on this album. Uh, it might be the guitar composition too, because I mean, it just it felt like it. I, I I don't know. I'm not like huge into ska, so I can't like yeah. break it down too easily. Yeah, that's that was a note that I had. Is just I hated the horns the first few times I heard it, but it has started to grow on me on this track. I'm not the biggest fan of ska or ska derived music or anything like that, but I feel like there are some redeeming qualities that sort of pushed it, pushed the ska down a little bit, but it was still there, which was okay. I was fine with it. Well, that's good. Um, I thought this song had some excellent vocal harmonies in it. Uh, They weren't like super complex, but they really work well for like what they're doing here in the sound. So I I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to have those types of moments on an album where everything tends to go crazy. So just uh, one of those more level-headed moments, I guess. And yes, the carnival-esque breakdown. Yes, of course. Of course, a song called Carousel is going to have that. I'd be disappointed this track didn't have it given the title. (laughs) Um... the, I didn't have much else to say about this song, but I did make the note towards the end. This song has melodic puking in it. Like So first we had shitting, but then we had the sounds of throwing up, but it was melodic, though. Blah, 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 or something along the of that. I've never said it before, but I'll likely never say it again. A-plus for creativity. <laughs> melodic puking. Maybe that was something that I just took in as normal. Well, they're I making, like, notice. guttural noises. They're not, I don't think they're actually throwing up. I think it's just guttural yeah. noises, but it's supposed to imply throwing up, but he was doing it melodically. So I was like, that's pretty funny. Interesting. I'm gonna have to listen to it again. I mean, God forbid I listen to it again. Oh no. Um, I do appreciate the vocal exercises mid-song, just up range and all. I like it. I don't know what it added, but it added something. It felt good. Um, I hate that I was bobbing my head the whole time because of my my thoughts on sky. I was like, eh, I'm not gonna really like it. And by the time the song ended, I was like, Yeah, I'm into it. I like it. So. I kind of like how songs can sort of change my mind halfway through because I definitely I'm kind of stuck in my ways just generally. So when you can change my mind Boomer. within a span Sorry, of <laughs> within a span of like, what, five minutes, I'm like, all right, I'm into it. I'm cool with that. Well, I mean, so. even if you don't like a particular genre or sound, like you can find things about it you like. Yeah. And that's like, you know how people always just like, oh, I'll listen to anything but like rap or pop or country. It's like, yeah. I used to be like that. But now I say like, I don't like every genre, but I'll find something I like in every genre. So even yeah. if it is like hyper bubblegum K-pop, even if it is like pure honky tonk country, whatever, cowboy barbecue stains whatever i'll yeah. find something i like i found something i liked on the brooks and dunn album and i i didn't particularly like that album yeah yeah and like i'm i'm not too big into hip-hop or rap but there are specific things i've heard that i'm like i really like this like you gotta find that little niche in that thing you know you'd like some stuff so. about sal williams you seem yeah. to behind the be behind the idea of potentially looking the public enemy now because you've liked a lot of those <laughs> it's like Every time I say, oh, I really like that. And you're like, yeah, it was public enemy sample. I'm like, God damn it. It was, yeah, it was either a sample or some sort of inspiration. But regardless, it's like, it's always just public enemy in the background. Yeah. Hell yeah. So definitely going to do that one day, one day. Yeah. I'm into it. I like it. Excellent. So I guess we can move on to song number five, the middle of the album on a 10 song album. Pretty short. Mm -hmm. Egg. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of pretty short. Dramatic pause right there. Egg. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On a pretty, uh, pretty short album, 10 and a half minute song. Kind of throws you for a wrench too. the shortest <laughs> title, longest song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, the funk, the funk slash ska mix that leads the track is a lot of fun. I really like that. Uh, I've been bouncing for the duration of the album. I'm not tired yet, so that's good. This song is just like my sugar fix. And I could say that confidently saying that I'm also diabetic. <laughs> But it's okay. This time I don't need insulin. I'm good to go. Um, Mike Patton's theremin-like vocal fills around the two-minute mark. Super appreciated. Really had a lot of fun with that. There's like these crazy dissonant guitar shred and slides that happen around like the 340 mark too that were really, really great. I love how things like slowly got noisier and more aggressive since the beginning of the track. Like, I don't know. It seemed pretty like tame in the beginning despite like everything that was happening. But as it progressed, like there was more being added. It was getting like a little crazier as it went. So I thought that was really cool. Okay. What does the backwards part say? Well, I do say backwards music. I'm not surprised at this point in the album. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. It's going to be on Google though, I'd imagine. Yeah. It it just felt like something that you might know. So I felt like I just, you know, start. You figured I'd look into it because when we did Kate Bush, I looked into her backwards singing, but I didn't look in the, I just figured it'd be like, Probably nonsensical, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Given the probably context. Pooping sounds or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like you had mentioned, it's like still a little scoff feeling, but like it's just not as in your face. It's more, I guess, subdued because it's sort of mixed with other stuff. Um, <laughs> the guitar squealing feels like it's mimicking screaming spooky howls that sound like a Halloween fun house. Like if I was going into like a house of mirrors, I'd probably play this entire album and it would just scare the shit out of every child, man, woman, and child. Um, <laughs> I, I like the, okay. I, I'll get back to that part. So my favorite part after singing, there's no place like home. There's a stop it. Do it again. Do it again. And then he's like half sings a line and then they all start laughing. I That never gets old to me. <laughs> I've listened to the song like six, seven times. And it just, maybe it's the sound of other people laughing or the fact that I find that funny. Like I laugh every single time and I really appreciate that. Yeah. And not, not only that, too, but just like the entire thing is kind of obnoxious as it is. So not yeah. only do you hear people laughing, but it's already an obnoxious scenario. So it's just like a recipe for laughter. Oh, yeah. And I really appreciated the knock, knock and then the egg cracking while he's just <laughs> singing over and you just hear knock, knock, egg crack. And I'm just like, I, it sounded very clever. And I really like that. And the end, I guess, train hopping at the end. Definitely vagrant uh, circus performers. Oh, probably. Going from, from town to town. I, I'm not going to lie. I, For the most part, I kind of skipped past the endings where it was just like kind of like that ambient stuff or just like random samples. Sometimes yeah. I listen. Sometimes I go back and listen, but not all the time. Yeah. So I, this is one of the ones I skipped by, so I don't remember the entire thing for it. But uh, my, my last note for this song kind of circles back to something we already discussed. I do say that the entire back half of the track is great. It's absolutely insane. It really makes me want to be in the studio when they're making these decisions or to see if they're making these decisions or if they're just completely winging it as they go. Yeah, yeah. Like, because, like what makes you want to do all these like false endings and false starts over and over again yeah. just for the sake of doing it? Like, oh, God, I'd love to know like the mindset of that. 
there's no way that that was preconceived. That was just heat of the moment for sure. Yeah, they're doing like the James Brown style hits, but like they can't get all the way through the hit. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. It first, I guess first and second play, I'm kind of like, okay, like it's kind of long and you know, it kind of lost my interest. But I feel like once I kind of knew what to expect, I kind of appreciated it more, I guess. It yeah, didn't catch yeah. me off guard nearly as much. So yeah. Made it a little easier. And yeah, especially if you do cut out the train part at the end, it's not 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. So you can at least <laughs> save some time yeah, while listening yeah. to the record. I, I like to to think of those as sort of adding to the narrative that I am painting this entire album with. It, so it, if it, it helps, helps, why not, right? Yeah. It it helps get it helps me get it completely wrong. Or sometimes uh, surprisingly right, as we've seen in the last couple of albums, like Primus oh and Kate Bush. Well, I mean, Kate Bush, you were right to an extent. Primus, you were pretty damn close. Yeah. But yeah, like you've gotten better. So maybe season three will be like the season of like perfect Savannah. It It's either a testament to my imagination or to the artist's vision and their execution. So I'll share. We'll share. And your imagination just so happens to match it. So it's perfect. Heck yes. Okay, so let's move on to song number six. We're past the halfway point now. Stub a dub. Okay, I'm going to preface my first point with, I swear to God, I was not high when I wrote this. I promise. You need a compilation okay. of you saying that, because I'm pretty sure you said it way more than a handful of times. <laughs> well, it was true every time. Um, I imagine the God, like during the song, like I'm still imagining sort of like a, a circus performance and all that. Um, my, I guess my first line really is, is this whole album, some weird fucking underground carnival? And then followed that up with, I imagine the guy on the album cover, but it's Danny DeVito. So he's like short, but got the same face as the album cover, uh, dressed like an Oompa Loompa with a cigar doing cartwheels when I hear this song. Okay. Again, that is one I way to look you, at it. I again refer you back to the uh, the preface of this comment, or yeah, this comment. So I would like to believe that you like woke up in the middle of the night out of a fever dream, and like you saw this in your room for like maybe a minute before it faded oh my away. God, oh my God, I would not <laughs> even be recording this. I would be like oh, knees to my chest on the floor in my room, just crying. A Vinny DeVito Oopa Loopa Clown <laughs> in my room smoking a cigar. Why, why does it smell like cigar smoke? Ugh. Oh, that reminds me of our uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark episode <laughs> with the cigar, the clown with the cigar smoke, and the kid had like stole his nose, and the clown was haunting him. Ooh, freaky. Uh, I, I I don't believe uh, any American listeners would know what the hell we're talking about. Think of Goosebumps, but better. Yeah. How about that? Although, uh, granted, I was a huge Goosebumps fan growing up, but Are You Afraid of the Dark was arguably scarier than Goosebumps. Just going to throw that out there now. Spooky. <laughs> Did you ever watch it? Oh, of course. And I, oh. I watched Goosebumps, had the Goosebumps books and all that. So um, one of, uh, I only know his like, like actual name, Ross Hull. Uh, he was like, I don't know, one of the older kids around the campfire. Are You Afraid of the uh, Dark? Yeah. Yeah, he is now a weather guy on the Weather Network. <laughs> oh, no, not no, he was. He hasn't been there in oh, a long time. Oh, he was. Oh, he moved oh. on somewhere else. I don't remember where, but oh. yeah. I saw him. I saw him on TV, and I was like, "Hold on, I 
I know this guy. You used to say so, scary stories. Yeah, yeah. So that does, uh, that was cool. It was a trip. Does everyone remember Ryan Gosling on Goosebumps as a kid and say yeah. cheese or die or whatever it is? Yeah. Cheese and die. Yeah, yeah. Hell the guy's yeah. name is Spider. Anyways, we're talking about stub a dub. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I yep. started out my very first note with ah, what a nice song with its soft and soothing flow. Psych, we're still going nuts. Yep. Again, there's no real relaxed point in this album. So whenever you think you're getting comfortable, expect the worst. But when I say worst, I mean just insanity. It's it's still pretty great. I love it. <laughs> you really start to notice just how much they love using like upbeat accents, like that whole kind of ska, reggae-ish kind of feel, like because mm-hmm. that's like a big thing, part of that music. They've been doing it for most of the album, and it's super upfront, especially in this track. So like I... I guess enough so that I had to make a note about it. Even with the faster, more like unhinged parts, this one feels like a more straightforward, one of their more straightforward compositions at the very least. Not as many avant-garde or experimental approaches on this one for the most part. Uh, I mean, although it still has its moments, but overall, like it's, it's more tame than the other ones. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's something kind of unpleasant about not being able to understand the lyrics when casually listening to any song in this album, really. Because yeah. the vocals, I believe, just add like a great, like another layer of, to the overall grand presentation of the album. Uh, although, I mean, like obviously there are lyrics to be heard, but because I haven't really studied them too much like I did with California, uh, they seem more nonsensical. Or at least like little like uh, anecdotes of sorts that don't really lead anywhere in the end. But I yeah, so like I just I just like how the voice kind of like is buried only slightly to the point where it kind of acts as like rhythmic or like an atmospheric sound, kind of like the band Health. If anyone knows about that, it's like the same idea. Interesting. Yeah, just talking about nonsensical lyrics. I don't remember what song it was in, but talking about like Big Mac and fried chicken McNuggets or something. I definitely heard that and I was like, wait, what song is this? So yeah, throw throw a dart at the playlist and you'll probably hit the right song at some point. <laughs> well, the just speaking of the, the vocals and lyrics, um, so in in my uh crazy Danny DeVito imagining head, um, what's he doing in this song? <laughs> uh well okay so you, you asked um, so the repeating of the word family is all of the circus performers kind of inching in on you, trying to beckon you in like a oh, like one. one of us. One yeah, of us. yeah, exactly. And then later in the song, they're doing the same thing, but saying memories. And it's just incredibly off-putting, like could be fine, but just what I'm thinking, weird. Um, the crying at the end is one of the performers of the carnival because they're stuck there forever and they realize this is their life now and they're going to live and die by the rails because that's how yeah, you Yeah, they're one of the newer performers who's not quite used to it yet and they're just like, I want to go home, but you can't yeah. go home. Yeah, and then they come to you in that same semi-circle going, we are your home. Terrifying. Do you remember the note I said at the beginning of the album? You either get on here or you get the hell off. This person oh, stayed on and now on. they absolutely regret it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are screwed. Um, but yeah, I uh I liked it. It was good, it was good for the uh the imagery. And uh just speaking on the actual musicality of it, um, it sounds like the bass strings are being like smacked percussively and it just with something in some way down for it i liked it it just added that something you know that wouldn't surprise me at all i mean like 
Percussive bass was huge around this time. I mean, like, I mean, pop slap has been around since I think the 70s. Uh, I'm probably going to get corrected real hard on that because there's people who like, you know, who love those types of basses. But I know, like, you know, you have bands like Mr. Bungle. You had Primus coming out in the 90s. And, like, you already had Rush who kind of made, like, some type of, like, percussive bass playing and everything like that. But just it seemed like in the early 90s that was a really big thing to have happen. It was just more exciting, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Well, it definitely worked for this one. <laughs> yep, that that was it for me. I really, uh, I really wowed everybody with uh, my review of that song. I I can tell. Don't have to tell me. It's fine. Uh, I'm, if if people have been jaw dropping over you, it's it's not just because of this episode. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I lost I lost him long ago. And uh, listen, I'll even be kind. If you can take the term jaw drop however you want, if it whatever makes yeah. you feel better, take it that way. Yeah. I have my own meaning. I'll let you <laughs> take it as your own. All right, let's move on. Number 7 my ass is on fire and you thought like that that one track uh, your, your socks have no name. You thought that was great. My ass is on fire is a, a really great song title. Although before we start that, I just the, the great, I, I had to think about this after we've recorded Tripping Daisy, which is, by the way, if you don't know, that's uh, where the song Your Socks Have No Name, that's where that title comes from. Yes. After we were re- finished recording that episode, I thought about, like, the craziest song names I could ever think of. And I thought of one, and I don't know how I managed to forget it, but it's when John Frusciante left the Chili... I don't know if he left the Chili Peppers or he was, like, kind of doing his own solo thing back when he was, like, heavy into heroin and hanging out with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, he released a solo album and had a song called "Your Pussy Glued to a Building on Fire." That, that's where the dart at the uh, the dictionary <laughs> comes in. Yeah, it's just like playing Mad Libs with oh your song titles. Oh yeah, you're blank, like blank up, to a blank on fire. <laughs> call up your friends, like uh, say a verb, and then you just, that's it. Oh my lord! But I just wanted to bring that up because your socks have no name my ass is on fire and then i thought about that really crazy song title so i just wanted to throw that in there that'd be a really weird album to cover one day but regardless number seven my ass is on fire uh really awesome riffs to open this song god i love Mm -hmm. this one when i first heard this album this was the first song i actually heard and i think i heard like a live rendition of it if i'm not mistaken uh i believe uh Trevor Dunn, the bassist, uh, was wearing like a Goldilocks costume on stage. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I love to have heavy passages to get things started. And obviously the, the chorus is a lot of fun too. Great metal writing. It's got industrial percussion in it as well. Well, he's saying the line, "This it, it's not funny, my ass is on fire. You just hear like in the background. Fire breather, that's what happened. Something like that. Yeah, the industrial percussion added during the hook. A very big sound and just like a lot going on overall. It's it's absolutely fantastic. And the second verse too is really awesome as compared to the first because it was an excellent choice like leaving in the heavier portions to make the second verse because the first one was like kind of quiet and like quick pace but like very almost mysterious sounding in a way. Mm-hmm. But like the second one was like super heavy and I, I really liked that. It definitely made it feel different and exciting. Like you, I like the guitar riff at the beginning. I really like the sort of heavier tone. It was very, op- made me a little more optimistic on where this was going to keep going. Um, at a certain point, it kind of sounded like the title card to a cop show, um, <laughs> which I kind of appreciated. Um, I don't know if you skipped the outro or sort of that, I don't know, in between song little sound clip at the end of this one. But it definitely added to that because I imagined it being a 
the intro to a cop show. And then when they start talking, I'm picturing them in, in an office when the, the show starts. I don't know. I swear to God, I was not high when I listened to this. Um, and uh, yeah, this one is one of the circus performers losing his shit with the don't you fucking look at me and then how heavy it is behind that. That just little bits like that. It it feels like I'm listening to music on my own and then somebody is next to me saying those things over top of it. And I feel just as uncomfortable <laughs> listening to the song as if someone was right next to me doing it. So mission accomplished if that was the point, but a lot of it is just like, okay, please stop. <laughs> Funny enough. One of my points straight up, it says, don't look at Mike Patton. Yeah. <laughs> that's just straight up the one sentence. That's it. That's one of my points. And yeah. my, my, my next note after that is redundant, 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 <laughs> redundant. Yeah. Obviously because of the lyrics that happened towards the end, just redundant, redundant. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's when you could tell someone's going insane at that point. Yeah. I I didn't even know that's what he was saying. Yeah, um, that, that repeated line over and over again towards yeah. him. He's just constantly saying redundant for like yeah. two minutes. <laughs> Irony. Um, I don't think I'll ever tire of a record scratch. I mean, like fast forward 10 episodes from now and I'm like, oh, this fucking sucks. Like the horns. What uh. is this cliche bullshit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, heard it again in this track. Liked it just as much. Super cool. Um, I do find it hilarious that on Spotify, this song is not marked as explicit. But like two of them are, but this one definitely isn't. And yeah, Mike Patton just clearly says like not even the word ass. Like I, I don't really think yeah. too twice about that word. But if like if you want to talk about the word fuck, he's like, don't yeah. you fucking look at me. Yeah, like multiple times, very clearly. What you looking at? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's the enunciation. Really got the hard gotta put cake. That, yeah, you gotta gotta put the uh, the hard stop after that. But yeah, I didn't have too much on this one. Um, didn't hate it. Definitely would listen to it again. Um, the horns are starting to grate on me. I think it's because it's the majority of the songs. It's not just a one-off, two-off. Well, it's one of the musicians in the band, so. Well. Did not know that, um, but still, I don't know. It's uh, it started to not be my thing. Still, it would listen to the song though. It's totally fine. Yeah, you heard it all the time in Fishbone. You were down for that. You contradicting bastard. Yeah, I know. That's I know. <laughs> I I accept it. I accept it. I know um, my place here. I do love how nonsensical things can be while just being like. Also powerful, energetic, exciting, and surprising. Like, Bungle has always been so good for it. And this song is an excellent display of that, in my opinion. Yeah. How just, it, it can be, yeah, like, really heavy, really cool. And, like, things are flowing really well. But then you have, like, very crazy moments as well. So just, you can say that for a lot of songs on this album. But My Ass is on Fire has always been one of those uh, really big standout tracks to me. Mm. Yeah, I got nothing else. <laughs> no problem. That means we move on to song number eight, The Girls of Porn, the most comfortable song on the entire album. Yeah. If you've Ooh. ever wanted an in-depth uh, like insight into Mike Patton's jerk-off session and like what and how he does it, this is the song for you. So you're, you're, you always swoon about Michael, Mike Patton's low vocals. Well, what if he's groaning low vocals while jerking off? Do you feel the same? No. 
There you go. <laughs> no, I do not. I feel like I need to call the police. I, I literally said my first note is, I never thought I'd need a song about a dude's jerk-off routine, but hey, this one is great. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I don't, that just, I did not listen to the lyrics at all. You know how some words will kind of pop out at you regardless of if you're actually paying attention to them? Uh, I'm just glad that a lot of them didn't pop out at me while I was listening to the actual music, so... Especially if you're the cut, like not just you, but like I'm saying you in general to the the listening audience as well, especially if you're the kind of person who gets uncomfortable of like sexual related content, then uh, this song will uh, definitely make you cringe real hard. I think it's hilarious because it's like it's so straightforward and honest. I mean, like there's no like dancing around what the idea of the song is. It's just like dude's horny wants to jerk off. I mean, cool. You made a song about it. At least it sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, it's got a, like a great, almost chuggy, funky rhythm to it as well. And it's so fun to move to, uh, uh, not just with your hand, but with your whole body. Oh my like, Lord. That, those jokes have to come up. The, the song beckons these jokes. Yeah. I don't um, have any of my own, so they're all yours. The chorus is fantastic. It really is. The lyrics are really straightforward, again, just like the rest of the song. And it just makes it so much more entertaining. Uh, let, let's see here. For the audience, these are the lyrics of the chorus. My hand is tired and my dick is sore, but the girls of porn want more. So I flip through the pages one more time and I catch the jizz on fly. I definitely heard the words, my dick is sore. And that was it. I heard none of the rest. That means more than once in a couple of hours. <laughs> oh my Lord. Hey, this is the song to talk about. It's now the time. Um, there's this, like this funky wow sounding bass in the course as well as a lot of character. I thought that was a really yeah. awesome choice. Really cool. Kind of gives it that porn groove too. Like you would imagine yeah. a stereotypical like porn soundtrack. Yeah. I made note of that too. I just put, is that like synthy bass? Cause I, I like that a lot. Oh, I think that was just like a bass pedal. Like it was an actual oh, bass guitar, but just with like effects attached to it for sure. Cool. Maybe a wah pedal. Maybe, uh, I don't know. There's, there's various types of pedal that could be. Interesting. Um, I like the almost spoken word section explaining what kind of porn, porn they indeed have. I thought that was really entertaining. I wrote specifically, I'm comforted in knowing they've got everything co- uh, everything covered. Multiple on Chandra, but realistically, no pun intended. <laughs> they have everything covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't hear that either. So, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I'm uncomfortable with sexual content. I just have a hard time talking about it. Fair enough. I mean... Everyone's different. I, I've always been the kind of person who doesn't mind talking and or listening about it. And I'm yeah. also not one of those creeps where if I'm listening to it, I'm going to like get my rocks off. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's never just, a, it's a topic that's never yeah. affected me too much. So just, yeah. I can listen to a song like this and just be entertained and not think of the content too much. It's all good. It's like, it, it gives you the same feeling as talking about cabinet doors. You're like, eh, it's fine. It's a thing. I see it all the time. And then I mean, like, I interact <laughs> with it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, hey, that's fine by me. Fair enough. <laughs> but, yeah, like, this is a really energetically fun track. It's it's really awesome. Super fun and catchy ending as well, even with the lyrics being so vulgar. <laughs> so much works in this track, and so I just really enjoy it. This song kind of makes me feel like it's like a late 80s hair metal parody. Like, they definitely have that kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say poison, but that's the first band that comes to my mind. Just that sort of guitar riff kind of feel. Well, yeah, in the beginning the when they're like to, to the next color, six, six, six. Yeah. Da-dun, da-dun, yeah. Da-dun, da-dun. That was like a whole metal riff there. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I was into it. I uh, definitely felt sort of like joking where it's like, ha, you guys are losers, but put it in your song ironically somehow. But it was cool. I liked it. Um, the guitar, I like the guitar tone a lot. I really wish that I could elaborate further or really know what creates that tone, but, uh, I liked it. I called it funkalicious. Um, also side note, I wrote this in Google docs and Google docs does not consider funkalicious incorrect. So I will be using that word more than once. Maybe you're not the first person to use that word in Google's just picking up on it. Now. <laughs> oh, I really hope so. I, I mean, if Bootsy Collins thing. uses Google Docs, then chances are any funk-related <laughs> word exists somehow. Excellent. Thank you, Mr. Collins. I'm just going to assume. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess my my really last last note on this was uh all right, like once it kicked in, because at the beginning I was like, okay, like what is and then it kicked in. I was like, okay. I am on board. You have got me. You strapped me in. You know, you put the bar over me, and now we're on the roller coaster, and I can't get off. I'm and like, now you get to watch Mike Patton jerk off. <laughs> that, right. that is the six minute and forty two second roller coaster that you are now strapped into. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've passed out halfway because I can't take the G's. I I just like imagining that like if you're on a roller coaster cart, you start going forward and it comes to a dead stop, a curtain opens, it's just Mike Patton jerking off with a hustler magazine in his lap. Oh my god. This better not turn turn into a YouTube short or something, I swear to God. No, they they don't do well with views anymore. I stopped making those. Oh Lord. That's all your fault, people. You don't watch it enough. Channel of highlights and it's just talking about Weird Although stuff. I will say this will likely make it to the best of season two. So there, there's always that. Yay. I need content to fill up for that. And this is definitely one of those moments. Hello, future us. Ooh. Excellent timing. Okay. We can move on now. Speaking of uh, love in some form of way, especially with a fist. Love is a fist. <laughs> okay, your pun? I am not pissed because that actually worked fairly well and it was very seamless. And I didn't think about it until literally I was saying, I was like, wait a minute, jerking off, love, fist, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you can have that one. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, so the uh, this, the song was really interesting too because uh, like it had this like stereo bouncing of horns and guitar in the verses that really kept my attention. It was a cool mixing choice. Like you'd have the guitar kind of playing one thing in the left and then the horns in the right and like you can kind of hear the bouncing between the two. Mm-hmm. Cool mixing choice. I really like that. Um, I'm all about the sax solo around the one minute mark, although I'm pretty sure you're probably tired of it by now as you've already kind of previously mentioned. You know, I think this is great. You know, the one where it sounds like it's being strangled and violently shaken. At this point in the album, I did expect no less. Okay, so (laughs) speaking of the horns, uh, verbatim, I am definitely tiring of the horns by now, but in this one, I only like the part where it sounds like they're playing with the sheet music upside down. It was fine. I was fine with it. That reminds me of that video of the dude who is playing... uh, not Flight of the Bumblebees, but he's playing something upside down. The he just flips the sh- then, Yeah, then he flips it over and then starts playing normally. It's like, oh, okay. No one would have guessed if, he, if he'd said nothing. No one would have guessed it. Yeah, I've seen that. That was cool. Excuse me. Um, the bass riff before the title is sung reminds me of the ba- of the or a bass line in Anthrax caught in a mosh. I liked it. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That works it's funny because like I'm just trying to think back. Like even though I like the song, like 
don't know. This is one of the ones that I don't often remember that well when it comes to this album. I've heard this album like more oh. than once, so I don't know. It's always strange to me. But um, I know this album has done nothing but break expectations and sense of what to expect when you're listening to a song because it just always changes it up on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's a really slow chill part around two minutes and two seconds that I wish lasted longer, which obviously it's not going to because this album doesn't allow for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just need some time to vibe, but they clearly do not give a shit because it only lasted 34 seconds. <laughs> Oh my it was my God. favorite part of the track. It didn't last long enough. It didn't affect my score, though. I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. But at the same time, I, it's just unfortunate when you hear something you like and it doesn't last all that long. So you just got to deal with it and move on. Uh, I am completely on the flip side of, of that. Um, I can't could I couldn't really get into this one outside of like those metal-esque parts um i did ask did they get pantera to sing love is a fist and i wish the whole song was like that so i feel like the heavier louder parts i wanted the whole song and you wanted the sort of more chill well it's not that i want the whole song to be like that but just like i wish the part considering the song is just like six minutes long like they probably could have made it like at least a minute so it's like a like one sixth of the track is just that and the rest can be like whatever the hell you want it to be all right fair and also, too, yeah, like, I'm assuming that a lot of their metal portions come from, like, their demo days, uh, which when they used to be a death metal band when they first started. Ooh. Although they were kind of like a, a really insane death metal band. They're not just, like, typical, like, Cannibal Corpse or anything like that. Or, like, now Slayer's more thrash than death metal. Yeah. But still, regardless, like, they were kind of like their own style of death metal at the time. I didn't know that. Yeah, it'd be weird to dig into that one day, too. I think they just released an old demo, too, and, like, re-recorded it and everything. So, I don't know. Like, The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, I believe it's called? Um, yeah. No, it I came think out, I've seen the pic, the album cover. Before. It's their most latest, like, art yeah. going on t-shirts and everything now. So, if you visit their site, then you can... That's, like, that's it right there. Cool, cool. Alrighty, then. Yeah. I guess that means we can move on to song number 10, the final song on the album, Dead Goon. And yes, it's that song that it wouldn't shut up about in episode seven oh where I kept saying, listen to the bass line, listen to the bass line. Well, guess what? Now you did. And it's funny because the first song, like I recognize the title. I'm like, why did he tell me to listen to this? Because literally I saw recording them. My memory just wiped. It's like that men in black pen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my first, uh, first note is, Base. So I think I remembered. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, so that that, that baseline, I'll, I'll I'll tell this real quick. Then um, I I hope I'm remembering this correctly too, because I had a friend of mine tell me about this, and I read about it. So uh, yeah, uh, the baseline was written by the drummer on a piano and it's quite literally just a scale chromatically going up and down at the same time. Really? And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the basis is Trevor Dunn. I'm not hope, I hope I'm not mixing that up with another member. I, I really hope that's correct. Cause it, regardless, I'll just say Trevor Dunn anyways, when he saw the sheet music for it, he wanted to kill the drummer because it's just like, what the hell is this? That's and funny. like learning how to play, it was a pain in the ass, but I mean, he did. And, what you hear on the album is what the sheet music looks like. Oh, dang. So that's why it's this really weird, complicated, jumpy baseline that sounds like it's ascending and descending at the same time. Cause it is. Yeah. That's cool though. It's like essentially that. like two baselines on top of each other. So yeah, it's really, really weird. Oh my God. You need to like attach like three more fingers to just 
get that done. I watched my friend play too. Like he learned how to do it yeah. on his bass guitar, and just, I was just like, "That that's super cool." I don't I, yeah. I don't care how easy and or hard it is. It's just cool regardless. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's why I didn't shut the hell up about that bass line back in episode seven because like <laughs> I, I loved it then. I love it now. I used to love it way the hell back when. And I mean yeah, like yeah. it's just really cool. But I mean, like the track overall, though, you know, another 10 minute one. So got a lot to go through in this one. Yeah. Uh, quite the ominous opening to the track. So you had to wait a, quite a while for that baseline to kick in regardless. Uh, it's like an abundance of ambient noises, but we're eventually brought back down to earth like a, with a bouncy little circus beat. So there you go with that circus feel again oh, to yeah. the entire thing. Yeah. But yes, there it is. That baseline is mentioned. I, I, I literally looped the verse 10 times because it's just an absolute jam to get through. I love everything about it and just I'll never shut up about it. Um, I love the cartoony flares in the first half of the track as much as it doesn't feel like an ender so far in this album, like because this is the last track on the album. Yeah. Uh, they maintain like a great tone and theme for the album that always kind of keeps you guessing. There isn't really a dull moment on this album either. So I mean like... It's hard to know what can count as an ender and whatnot, but like, I don't think that was really relevant to me when I was kind of going through this. The more I thought about it, I was just like, I don't care what ends the album. It's all fantastic. Yeah. I definitely mentioned that it felt like an album ender, but I could also see a harder and faster song being placed after this one, where it kind of like brings you down a little bit just to punch you and bring you right back up immediately, sort of, you know roller coastery um so i i definitely had an image with uh with this song as well uh the organ definitely does not help this not sound eerie and like how like halloween all in a song that i like that but it's definitely giving me again carnival vibes um demented carnival let's just use that term yeah yeah it's (laughs) just like some underground weird i don't know i imagine it being very dirty uh the deep singing is a little less sexy here because it sounds quite mocking like it sounds off-putting it's more like a come here my pretty rather than like come here you know all sexy yeah, yeah. like it's not alluring it's yeah it's just like yeah, it's, it's a danger trap yeah it's like bony fingers poking at you it's weird um uh the creaking is like going through a fun house and finding someone just ominously rocking back and forth in a chair not breaking eye contact i did not like that that image that was gross <laughs> Um, and the credits roll during the orchestral ending, deeming this all just a dream. That or was just the end to a very demented artsy movie, like a student film of some sort. Yeah, the one where you like the lights in the theater get up and you look at everyone else and no one wants to move because they're all so uncomfortable, like physically uncomfortable. This is like this is what I imagine The Shining would be if everyone went insane at the end and not just Jack Torrance. <laughs> Ugh, I hate it. Um, it, It's so funny because I feel like it seems way too easy to walk into a studio and just make random weird music that just goes everywhere. Like it just it feels too damn easy. But the, the thing is, like, I can only imagine the complexity in pulling it off. Like it, this album has, again, many moments like that. It's just like what you think might be improvised or just winging it could very well just be like very good structuring with the band because like the musicianship's insane, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, there's a very dreamy and disorienting middle portion, and that's a really nice touch, though. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, adds craziness, but in a different way, and it's just like another experience to take in from here. And this album's been full of experiences, so why not take in one last one as we're reaching the tail end of the album? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a very kind of grand ending too, like that classic jazzy, jazzy lounge type yeah. uh, music. It was a, it was a weird choice, but I mean, realistically, what is weird anymore? I definitely picture just the credits rolling and you know the the curtain coming down as if you're watching, I guess, a play on TV. I guess, but anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's just a nice little ending and kind of caps it off. And my last note was just about the hand drums. So tropical. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. It was unexpected to me. So I, I had to listen to it a couple of times going, are those hand drums? I, I like that because there was no other drums. It was just that at a yeah. point, And I really liked it. It was. And, yeah, nice. very probably was. Yeah. You know, I feel kind of bad because any song that ends up number 10, you're going to be like, why did you put it at number 10? I'm like, I liked all of them and it's so hard to rank songs that you don't have a definitive least favorite. You yeah, know? it is. Cause then oh you have to like God. decide the least favorite amongst like a bunch of good tracks. Yeah. Like yeah. we've, we've been through this before and I mean, like yeah. we're going we're gonna to go through it again. I mean, that's what the show's all about really. Yeah. But I hate looking at that list going, no, is that really how I feel? Cause I could probably switch a couple and be fine with that list too. So it's going to be difficult. And we can only do a redux if it absolutely needs to be done. We can't just do it because yeah. we suddenly have a different opinion <laughs> on a certain track. Yeah. This is my favorite song this week. Let's do it again. Too bad. How sad. <laughs> but it's funny when you mentioned just the credits, though, because I just bring it back to The Shining. It's just like I hear the loungy music and then I see the camera do that zoom in on Jack Torrance's picture in the old photograph that shows yeah. he's been part of the hotel the entire time. Oh. Spoiler alert least... for The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what, 40 years too late, if oh, not more? Back when Jack Nicholson was a young lad with a weird yeah. haircut. I think I've only seen that movie once. So I only met, I only remember the parts that uh, pulp cult, pop culture references have embedded in my mind through the years. The elevator with blood, the little girls in the hallway, yeah, the bear the giving the blowjob to that old dude. Wait, hold on, what? <laughs> well, that's the end of the album. <laughs> that actually is a scene, by the way. I'm not even kidding. Oh, weird. All right. Uh, although you don't see the blowjob, but it's extremely implied. That's what just happened. Yeah. Someone dressed in a bear costume just blew a dude. Anyways. All right. All we right. All, okay. already talked about sex earlier with the girls of porn, but now we're done talking about the album. That yes. was Mr. Bungle's self-titled album. We made it to the end in 10 tracks because that's all there is. But mm-hmm. it was still a long one. 73 minutes altogether. Oh, although you could probably subtract like 10 minutes from like all the, the bonus content at the end of songs yeah. and stuff like that. I stuck through it. I'm with you. Yeah, you made it, and I, I, I guess did. I made it too. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, if you made it too, thank you for very much for joining us in this episode. We sure hope you like this album. Make sure you let us know what you think of it down below in the comments or wherever you can, even on the social medias. But make sure you like, subscribe, follow, rate, share, uh, and comment, I guess, is the other one, although I already said it technically. Do all those things, help build a musical community, because now this, this album is yet another brick in the wall, no Pink Floyd pun intended. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah and so, so we, we would like to know what this particular brick in the wall looks like uh, with, with your opinion all over it. So go ahead and let us yes. know. But there's more opinions to be had and more discussions to be had technically because we now have to move on to the second part of this podcast. And that is the song rankings. This one shouldn't take long because, again, only 10 songs, right? Yep. I I hate this. I, I literally just look at my number nine and 10 and I'm like. 
Well, it's being I'm so sorry. it is now chiseled in stone. It's going to be be chiseled in stone momentarily. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I mean, so sorry. I won't say it out loud to the uh, to the the public listening, but I I have told you of certain episodes before where I've changed my mind on number one songs. Yeah. I like. Yeah, I won't say who it was, but yeah, like there's like you know I'd much rather make this my number one, but that's obviously not going to change now because just because that's, that's different now doesn't mean that counts. So above our heads, boom, graphics have changed. There's our names. There's some numbers. And we have to put some song titles and some band, or not some band, just song titles, really, because it's all Mr. Bungle self-titled album from here on out. It already has been, and it's going to continue to be. So let's get this started. I'm supposing, huh? and by the way, uh, I have two question marks and all the rest are X's. <laughs> all right. Well, um... and I will say the question marks are back to back, too. So they're like yeah. right there together. Okay, so knowing that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to gamble on one. Okay. I I might even, suffice to say, maybe even zero. I might actually go yeah? for the, I might, might go for the shutout on this one. Ooh, what a goose egg. Because, I mean, what we had, like, four for Tripping Daisy, so, I mean, like, yeah. now we're just due for another zero. <laughs> oh, God, don't say that. Oh, gross. Let's well, go one. I'll be pleased with one. Prove me wrong, us. Okay. Yes, yeah. Song number 10, Carousel. Dead Goon. Dead No, whatever. It's okay. That's what I'm saying. Number nine, Stub a Dub. Love is a Fist. Love is. Okay. Number eight, Travolta or quote unquote. Egg. Egg. Didn't he keep asking that quite like a chicken came from an egg and an egg came from chicken? He repeats that like a million times in that song too. <laughs> Another great part. And and all I uh you talking about WWF coming up uh a lot. All I was thinking during that song was the gobbledygooker breaking out of that egg at Survivor Series 1990. And what a, a an illustrious career the gobbledygooker went on to have in the WWF. Yes, uh just the lore about that one instance. Exactly. It was an amazing time. <laughs> Legendary status. Hall of Famer. Number seven, Love is a Fist. Uh, stub a dub. Stub. Number six, Egg. The Girls of Porn. And by the way, Egg was one of uh one of our was one of my question marks. <gasps> Dang it. Oh, seven porn there. Well, we still got one more, so we can at least get the one maybe. Although again, my exes aren't certified. Number five, slowly growing deaf. Carousel. Carousel. So that means all of my my question marks are gone. But that doesn't oh. mean that doesn't mean uh we still have like two we could do. Well, if it ends up a check mark, then I feel that much more vindicated because they started out as X's. So this one maybe, I don't know. Number four, squeeze me macaroni. No, my ass is on fire. Ah. From all of that uh hot Cheetos macaroni. Uh that means we're done matching. We, yeah. match uh, we got shut out. Number three, dead goon. Slowly growing deaf. Slowly. Well, I called the shout out. Number two, the girls of porn. Squeeze me macaroni. Squeeze me macaroni. And number one, my ass is on fire. Quote unquote. That seems to be one of the bigger fan favorites too. So the, the fact that you picked that one without even realistically being a big bungle fan or anything. Yeah. Interesting, but I mean, it's not even a bad song. Like, it's high up on my list, but at the same time, I definitely don't dislike the song. I'll tell you that much. I am back on my uh, picking the singles higher up train. Starts today. You should have waited for season three. Damn it. <laughs> we had a season two break 
last week, and so now we just gotta. You can't. You, yeah, you can't do that yet. So you're you're gonna have to change one of your answers just so we uh we don't have to do that yet. Carved in stone. Sorry, chisel them. Supposing so. With that said, we have to. Uh, well, we can't really chisel an album rating in stone because those move around all the time, depending on where other ones go. Regardless, that's what we have to do right now. So let's go ahead and switch that screen over and find out where Bungle self-titled album is going. Kaboom. Well, look at that. It's the album rating screen, as per usual, stacked full of albums, especially that B tier there. But no worries, because today we are doing Mr. Bungle's self-titled album. It's going to find a place on the list. Maybe high, maybe low. I don't low. But I mean, we're going to find out momentarily. Uh-huh. And graciously enough, Savannah has volunteered uh-huh. to go first. See, I waited that like brief second of silence. And my brain was, oh, he's going to, oh, no, he's waiting for me. <laughs> I chose the album, so that means uh, you go first. Okay. Um, 76.5. Oh, the band-aid's off. 76.5. Mm-hmm. So let me write that down for you there. That's still not that bad. I think, no. wasn't like your original rating for California something along the lines of that, like 76? I think it uh, was. Probably. Or maybe... Oh wait, yeah, you did yours over eighty. Yeah, I. Uh, my, I did Bungle in ninety. 90. Then my, I think maybe my, I did mine eighty. Something along the lines of that, but regardless, that means Bungle's yeah. at least fairly consistent with you. Yeah. So yeah. I chose Mr. Bungle as eighty-four percent even. Nice. So another uh, pretty decently mid-tiered A album right there, which brings our combined wait. score to an eighty point two five. Another <laughs> A tier album. I, I was trying to do the math, and I'm just like, hold on, wait a minute, wait what? Oh, I, no, I will. I will not let you do it. <laughs> I'm dang. already there. So it's dang, up here. Dang. So. So we only have three albums in the A tier. We're going to have a fourth, but where does it go before? Probably before Primus, I would think. Maybe after. So you said 80.25, right? Yes. So that is between Nine Inch Nails and Primus. Number three. Ah, so pushes Primus down just ever so slightly. Are you seriously? Oh, my God. I don't know why I thought it was going to be B tier for some reason. I'm actually very surprised at my score. I, yeah. Ah. So let's let's look at it this way too. Mr. Bungle's the first band on our list to be reintroduced for another album, and they are now the first band to have double A tier status. And before this show, before we even did California, I had never heard a single song by them. So for me, there wasn't even any preconceived notions, no ideas of what song I liked the most, no skewing of scores. And what the hell? Look how that turned out. That's crazy to me. Yeah, the only exposure you had close enough to it was Faith No More. But obviously that's a far cry from what Bungle ended up being. Yeah, my I'm I am surprised and proud. Dang. Well, you got to feel something because it's right there. At the bottom of the A tier, but regardless, it's yeah. still it's still there, populating that now. Dang, I, I'm into it. I have to be. It's there forever. <laughs> yeah, part of it's your fault. <laughs> oh yeah. Question mark. Well, look at that! Another A tier album. For once, it's not a B tier. It's amazing that we actually managed to pull this off. Yay! I'm proud of us. I was uh, I was losing faith in us and in being anything but mediocre, but so far, I mean, now it's starting to improve ever so slightly. Oh, we're still mediocre. It's fine. It's fine. 
I wonder what season three will bring. Uh, and that comes that comes in the summer, though. I mean, that's a whole way. It's going to bring a new co-host if I keep going. That's for sure. Yeah, we need to S tier Nub eventually, and this is all your fault. <sighs> uh, well, I like I said, I'm very surprised at how like I, I couldn't skew the scores. I couldn't be like, oh, I'm just going to give this one an eight because I like it already. And I'm just very pleased that I did not be can this album. I Very did. good then. Yes. Pa- digital pat on the head. That's all I want is just, um, is just love. That's all. Well, that's the, that's the most love I can give you by tapping the screen right where your forehead is. Yeah. But, but anyway, <laughs> listeners can subscribe and then I'll stop being sad. If you send $1 to happy dude. That or help us get to that hundred subs that we want so bad. So that way oh, we yeah. start doing record giveaways. Uh, Although I, I'll say this right now, although it's a rule that will come up later. We can't do rare records or things that are out of print. Uh, we're not going to spend like a million dollars on a record. Jeez, I wouldn't even spend that much on me. Uh, but regardless, we want to start giving away records. And I'll get to that in a second, actually. Because first, I want to thank you for actually being here for this episode, making it this far. Uh, if you're this here this far, that means you like what we're doing. So hopefully you'll hit that like button, subscribe, comment, rate, share, follow, all those things that really help build this musical community. And remember, uh, if you're out there on like, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you leave ratings and comments, like the high ratings and good comments that helps boost our podcast up in that particular genre for music commentary so we want more people like you to check out the show so please uh do that help us build up and help us like really expand this audience a whole lot that'd be fantastic uh and yeah once again uh we are looking to do a record giveaway starting at 100 subscribers so if you could do that too That'd be incredible because I mean, I, maybe a hundred numbers isn't a uh, I mean, hundred subs isn't huge on YouTube to a lot of people, but for us, considering we haven't even hit 50 yet at the point of recording this video, uh, it, it would sure be swell to see a triple digit there one day. It is wild to me. Like just in all honesty, thinking that a hundred people are listening to something I said, it's weird. I don't know. It's, it's there forever. And, and somebody in a different country knows who I am. It's wild. But it, it, it's okay. All you're doing is giving your extremely hot takes on music that's going to get you killed one day. No big deal. It's it is just mind blowing. <laughs> oh Lord. Crazy. Yeah, I, I I think eventually down the road we'll make a a, a smaller video detailing the 100 sub thing we might even do that on our social medias probably actually more likely so facebook instagram and tiktok uh, at rate the record podcast we'll probably make like a small reel or something there eventually explain what's going on with that and of course uh so you can connect with us there but also there's uh twitter at rate the record you can go follow us over there and rate the record at gmail.com we've got questions comments concerns although we don't really read the concerns it's all good just stop watching if you hate us that much Jeez. <laughs> you don't have to tell us yeah, about please. it yeah it's fine we're busy people okay yeah <laughs> But yeah, you can do all that. And also, don't forget, uh, there's ko-fi.com slash rate the record. If you want to go a step above and beyond and support us financially, completely optional, but it is there, go ahead and check it out at the link down below. But also with that link down below, you can also find the link to the request form for uh, if you want us to look at an album that you particularly like or just want us to check out anything like that we're more than glad to do it so go ahead click that link and fill it out and we will try to get to that sooner than later but speaking of websites too i should have mentioned all the social medias and everything and all the streaming links can be found at ratetherecord.ca that is a thing now that we have and by all means it's a lot easier than going to the link tree the link for that is down below but it's a lot easier to remember now just ratetherecord.ca nice neat little package no frills that's it 
Exactly. Cheap grocery store brand. Yes. <laughs> Again, Americans might not understand that. I don't know. Do they have no frills in America? Irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So we can let you go. But actually, before we do, we do like to give you one tiny little uh, hint or something to kind of guess at the idea of what the artist is going to be next week. Uh, it was hard to come up with any uh, hint for this next one that doesn't already seem obvious enough. <laughs> so the best thing I can come up with is the four-piece prog metal band whose singer runs his own vineyard. And uh, if you take a look at the uh, the blurred-out picture and the album rating and then you take that clue into context, you probably already know. But here, uh, here is a platter. Here is the answer. And that platter has a wine on it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that'll be coming up next week. So until then, you can go ahead, follow us on our socials, do all of that. And you can go listen to some awesome music like the Mr. Bungle self-titled yes, album. Yes, do it. Fantastic do album. It. Go ahead and do that. Do and do we it. will see you again next time. So take care, friends. Goodbye. <laughs>